Hello, I'm Brenna Pakes, graduate gemologist with a background in geology, as well as a former flight attendant. I've worked in the retail sector and now as a jewelry consultant through a blog and podcast. My mission is to connect shoppers to indie jewelers and designers who create beyond the commercial boundaries for shoppers who want to distinguish their unique style. I also share tips on how to care for jewelry you already have, as well as the stories of the designers I feature. This is the Jewelry Navigator podcast. If your destination is a place to learn about and find unique jewelry, then welcome aboard and enjoy the episode. Well, the COVID-19 crisis and resulting quarantine have challenged many aspects of our lives. Finding positive ways to guide us through to the other side have been truly inspiring. While scrolling through Instagram one day, I came across Missy Graf Balone's feed, Wellness for Makers. A metalsmith, alignment-based yoga instructor, and licensed massage therapist, Missy shares how makers can work more efficiently using healthy movement habits. She combines her education and familiarity with the body to show makers and creatives how to care for their hands and avoid common injuries with mindful movement. In Wellness for Makers podcast, Missy shares tips for makers in and out of the studio, along with inspiring stories of artists and makers who have recovered from injuries. I'm happy and excited to I'm happy and excited for Missy to share her specialized expertise and to give back to makers and artists during the COVID recovery. Missy is offering scholarships for her courses, one of which will be donated through this episode of Jewelry Navigator Podcast. I'm really excited to share Missy's story. It's truly unique. And thanks again so much for tuning in. Welcome aboard. So Missy, tell us how your journey led you to Wellness for Makers and how your background prepared you to teach makers and artisans how to stay healthy while they work. Sure. So basically, I always knew I wanted to do something in the arts. And um, I, when I got out of high school, you know, I didn't go directly to art school. I didn't have good enough grades at the time and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I needed an art degree. All of these questions kind of, um, you know, were rising to the surface. And so I took some time and I, I traveled the country and I ended up out in California visiting with some family. And um, around that time, I started to really understand that I had a passion to learn about the body. You know, I started meeting some like-minded people and they had suggested, you know, massage therapy, physical therapy, all of these things, because I had actually recently before that, I just before my uh, journey to California, I had torn my ACL um, in my knee and um, I had been recovering. So I had been going through a lot of physical therapy training. I had been um, uh, not training. I'm sorry. I've been going through a lot of physical therapy and, um, healing myself. So, and I really loved it. I loved learning. I loved asking my physical therapist about all of these, you know, about what was happening in the healing process. Even when I had my knee surgery, 
my surgeon was so excited to bring me the photographs of the interior structures of my knee. And my mom thought that was like insane that he would want to show me or gift me these photos. And he was like, I just feel like she's going to love them. And I did, and I still have them. And um, so, you know, then I went out to California and I, I traveled and I made art and, um, you know, I was trying to figure out how to navigate the world as an artist and a creative without going to school. And I learned very quickly that that wasn't going to work um, for me and that, you know, at that time. And my cousin had encouraged me to go back to school, find something, help people do something. And um, then I started to learn that I was interested in massage therapy and I quickly enrolled in a massage therapy program and I went through the training and got my license. And I thought it was just going to be a fallback plan, something that I could be passionate about doing while working my way through art school. I was like, no, I'm an artist. I'm going to be an artist. And um, that's it. And this is just going to be a fallback plan and, and I'll, you know, be able to work my way through school, you know, getting paid more than I would wait, you know, waitressing or something. And so I went through my program and I loved it. I, as, um, when you're a massage therapy student, uh, you know, we were actually the most relaxed students in the program. We went through train, you know, we went through our, um, our studies with medical technicians and surgical technicians. And we, we, you know, did all of our anatomy and physiology classes with them. And we were always the most relaxed students because as massage therapy students, you get to get massaged every day. You also get to have to give a massage every day. But then when I was going through training, um, you know, I wouldn't give up on this. Like I want to go through art school thing. So um, I immediately enrolled in um, school and I was able to, you know, do a few classes to be able to get my GPA high enough to be able to transfer into the school that I wanted to be in. And I went through uh, my bachelor's and found a passion for uh, metal smithing and jewelry making. And while I was going through that, I, you know, really loved it, became very passionate about it. I was still working at a spa, um, doing massage regularly, getting paid very, very well, paying for my materials helping people, volunteering at a cancer clinic, all of these things. And, you know, so I was doing these things, um, you know, like right next to, you know, uh, the whole time, right, like alongside each other. Mm -hmm. And then after undergrad, I honestly had no idea what I was going to do. I did not feel like I was prepared, like I was set up. I didn't know what the options were with my degree. I didn't know what I could possibly do with it. And so then one of my teachers was like, you better apply to grad school. And I, so I did, I just started applying to grad school and, um, you know, I only applied to two schools and those were the two that I wanted to be in. And I figured, well, let's just hope for the best. And thankfully, you know, I got in and I went to SUNY New Paltz for my graduate studies. And while I was at SUNY, I, you know, I, I felt like a real, there was this challenge to figure out who I was as an artist, you know, like I felt like other people kind of had it figured out more than I did. And, um, and I, I had these two passions and I just didn't want to let go of either one of them. I didn't want to let go of my passion for the body and I didn't want to let go of my uh, passion for jewelry, but I didn't know how they were going to go together. And then we had a visiting critic come and he said to me you know 
this is interesting that you have these two backgrounds. This is interesting. You know, I, I want you to go home and draw out your interpretation of the body as a jeweler, and then I want you to draw out your interpretation of the body as a massage therapist. And I want to see how they overlap and where you can create something in between. And so then it changed and altered my artwork completely. I started making work that was about muscle tissues, layer of fascia, the interior structures of the body. And, um, and it was really exciting and it interests me because it was work that was made to, um, you know, invite the viewer to think about their own strengths and limitations. And that was exciting. But also while I was there, you know, I noticed a lot of things like my best friends and I in the program, we were all in a lot of pain. We were exhausted. We were worn out and, um, and we kept going and working through it and on constantly on the edge of burnout. And that was, you know, alarming to me as well. So then after school, um, after my graduate studies, I was, you know, figuring out what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to, you know, keep going with this. I had my studio as a studio artist and I started teaching workshops and classes at different places. Um, and I was at lunch talking to a group of makers when one of them, you know, we were, we were all talking about the aches and pains we were experiencing in our hands as a result of our studio practice. And one of them said, you know, we're all going to end up with arthritis. So we might as well just suck it up and deal with it. And for me, like that was one of my peers, you know, so that was really alarming to have someone so confident and that we were just going to all end up in chronic pain and chronic injury and, oh, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. And I, and I was like immediately defensive. I was like, no, there's definitely things we can do. And they were just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I went back to my room that night and I was looking searching for an online resource of some kind that I could go back and share with them. And I didn't find anything. So if there was anything, it was incredibly hard to find. And if there wasn't, I had just found something, you know, a need for something. And I felt a strong responsibility as a wellness practitioner, as, you know, someone who loved movement, someone who, you know, was passionate about massage and the body I felt like this was my responsibility to take care of. And so um, I went, I, I started thinking about wellness for makers and I got really excited and felt really driven about this more than I had felt like about anything. And so um, I started talking about it as if it was like the new best thing. You know, I started telling people about it. I wasn't afraid to start sharing about it like before I had it all figured out, I was honest with people. I told them like, I'm figuring it out. Like, this is what I want to do. And everyone I talked to was incredibly supportive, super excited and shared resources with me and offered to have me host workshops at their galleries, their workspaces, their, you know, um, their arts and craft centers. So word started to spread and I became more and more passionate about it. And as a massage therapist, you have to, you know, in order to maintain your license, you have to go through a certain amount of continuing education credits every year in order to maintain that license. Otherwise it goes away until you update it and everything like that. So rather than doing all of my continuing education credits in, you know, um, I don't know, like 
a certain type of massage, like Thai massage or deep tissue massage. I decided to start doing all of my continuing education studies in, you know, self-care practices, things that overlapped with what I was teaching. So that way I could, you know, continue to share and build my understanding, but in a way where I could make this information more accessible to artists and bring it into the artist studio. So that's what I did. I continued to do that. It continued to grow. And, um, you know, it's really just been this ongoing uh, journey through from the time I started. I, I also went through 800 hours of alignment-based yoga teacher training. You know, I, I was able to talk to you a little bit about this, you know, a few weeks ago. But, you know, my training was really intensive. And it was unlike most other yoga teacher trainings where, you know, um, a traditional yoga teacher training has about 200 hours worth of training, you know, and you're, you're, you can start teaching classes. And this we went through, it was like two, a two-year program. You know, we went through um, 500 hours in the first year and 300 hours in the second year. And we were, uh, studied with neurophysicists and went to Cadaver Lab to, you know, study for a weekend and, you know, train with high-level doctors, you know. And it was an incredibly empowering experience because, you know, I learned so much about myself and then I can then translate that into information that I can share with others. So the information is constantly evolving and growing because I'm so dedicated to learning and excited about it because I feel like when, you know, you understand more about your body, you can really be empowered to have a lasting practice. You can be empowered to have, you know, keep making for a lifetime. And that's what I want for others. So, you know, um, yeah, I think I just, I I hope I answered your question there. (laughs) Yes, you did. Thank you. But I also want to take a a quick minute to touch on a couple of key points you mentioned just a minute ago with what you're doing through Wellness for Makers is teaching others how to empower themselves through the awareness of healthy habits and how to get the most with this time as we prepare to transition back into our communities and how to take advantage of this time, whether it's to create or be productive or whatever we're choosing to do while we're home, but making these healthy choices with ways we can take care of ourselves so we do come out of COVID stronger and healthier. And also by learning these techniques, they're so beneficial for both artists and makers, as well as people who are working from home now. Um, But this brings me to the next question. What can both the artisan and the work from home employees be doing to integrate some of your techniques right away? Yeah, sure. So basically, um, we're all, most of us are, um, you know, home right now, right? And And if you have your studio at home, that's great. And what's happening is for most people, it means less movement. They're getting less movement. They're not even walking up to get to their car to drive to work. They're not walking down the block. You know, I, I don't know, um, whatever it is, there's less movement happening. Um, your gym is closed, whatever it is. And so, um, it's great that we have more time to be able to make. It also means that we have more time, um, to be on our phones and to be hunched over and sitting in our, you know, in a smaller amount of space for longer periods of time. And this like sedentary lifestyle has 
its issues. It, it really, um, you know, can put a lot of physical strain on the body when we think that we're just relaxing or that we're just comfortable, you know. So um, when we're working, I tell all of my, you know, students that, you know, you really want to be conscious of your posture and the amount of time you're getting up to move around your space regularly. Because, you know, if you don't, like you said earlier, when we were talking, um, you know, before in our conversation, you know, if you don't move it, you lose it. That's something that I said in a podcast episode that I have, um, you know, a while back. But if you don't move it, you lose it. And that's true because what's happening is your body thinks you no longer need access to that range of motion. It thinks you no longer need access to that movement. So if you never raise your hands up over your head, you know, your body's going to think that it no longer needs access to that range of motion. So for a lot of people, they'll start to think, well, I'm just getting older and it's just a lot harder to lift my hands up over my head. But when was the last time you actually lifted your hands up over your head is what I like to ask them because, you know, incorporating a variety of movements into our everyday practice, it's what's going to help us through this. Um, it's, and movement, it doesn't have to be, um, this big workout in the middle of the day. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I have to take a break every hour for like 25 minutes. Like, okay, that's not productive. You know, I understand that. But what if you, you know, took a break for one minute and you stood up and you walked around your space or you did a stretch or a massage technique or a strengthening technique, whatever it is. Um, what if you just readjusted and focused in on your breath? You know, it doesn't have to be these big, elaborate things. I think a lot of times um, people that are new to movement especially think that it's a bit intimidating, and it can be. It can totally be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this big, massive workout. Movement literally means to change position. So if you just had a reminder in your space to change position every, you know, 20 minutes, that is movement. That is incorporating more movement into your day than you might have had otherwise. And I think right now it's incredibly important, especially because we're looking down at our work, we're looking down at our phones, we're looking down at our books, we're sitting in our chairs for our work, we're sitting on our couches to watch TV, we're sitting on our couches to read, we're sitting in chairs to sit and eat. You know, so there's a lot of sitting happening and that doesn't create a lot of variety. So that's causing you know, unnecessary strain on the neck, unnecessary strain on the low back, on your hips. And, um, you know, that if, you know, I, I want people to be able to come out of this um, pandemic feeling better than they did before. I don't want them to come out of it feeling worse. And, you know, if you don't start incorporating movement into your practice now, you know, and making it a regular habit, even when you're at home, if you can't get out all of those things, then, you know, if you, there is the opportunity to be able to come out stronger than before. And that's what I kind of hope for everyone, checking in regularly with your body, you know, readjusting your posture. And, you know, the posture thing sounds like a challenge too. And we, as humans, I think, or in our society anyway, we love to blame ourselves like our bodies. We're like, oh, I have terrible posture. Oh, I have such a bad knee. I have such a bad shoulder, my whatever. And we're blame, blame, blame ourselves. And it's like, okay, well, posture is something we can, you know, engage with. 
we can challenge it often and know it's not going to be perfect at first, but over time it will improve. Like we know that we know that we could actively engage with new movements to create better posture. Um, and the simple act of just reminding ourselves to sit up tall, that is strengthening our bodies because basically when we don't sit upright for long periods of time, you know, if you go to sit up tall and it takes, you know, it starts to feel like a challenge. It's like, oh, man, this is so hard to sit up tall. It's been five seconds. It's been so, it's so hard to sit up tall. It's been 10 seconds. It's been so hard to sit up tall. I can't take it anymore. 20 seconds. And you're like, you know, hunched over again because it's more comfortable or whatever. You know, basically what that your body's telling you is that your back muscles are no longer strong enough to hold you upright. So you have to work to engage those muscles again so they can get stronger to be able to sit upright for longer periods of time. You know, when I first started focusing in on my posture, it took me a long time. It felt very uncomfortable. It felt very, like, um, my breath felt uncomfortable. It felt like it was harder to breathe sitting upright. And that is information that your body's providing you with. It's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't keep engaging with that action. You know, it's, it's worth the effort. And I think that's what a lot of people need to understand is, like, over time, it's worth the effort because you're going to start feeling less back, back pain. You're going to feel less strain in your neck and shoulders over time, you know. So, um, it, but it's a constant, consistent effort to, you know, practice. What you just shared with us, Missy, is so valuable. And it speaks volumes to what you're doing to help makers and creatives and even people, folks who are working from home right now, simple reminders to stand up, stretch, move around, even if it's just for a minute. But then the other important thing is to learn, go back and relearn proper posture, you know, how to hold ourselves up and how important that is. That's just such a great reminder. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad. I mean, Honestly, it is, it is a constant practice, but I think, um, you know, being easy on yourself too throughout it, because, you know, right now, especially your, your work habits have changed, you know, most likely, you know, uh, and that might be impacting your posture in a more positive or more negative way, depending on what, how your life has changed. So I think just being easy on yourself and understanding that, you know, how, you know, this, whatever pattern is your default, you know, it's like rounding over and round, rounding in over your work. If that's your default, think about how long it took for you to get to that default position. You know, how many years you've been doing this same posture. Um, so it's going to take time to reverse that, that default, you know, to transition into a different stronger position for longer periods of time to create a new default. It's going to take time. So just being easy on yourself about that, you know, that's really good advice because I think as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, we're so independent and we just want to do everything ourselves. And we typically do, you know, we're wearing all the hats. So, you know, being gentler and easier on ourselves, that's great advice. Um, speaking of great advice, you have some great free resources on your website, Wellness for Makers. Tell us a little bit about those. 
Yeah, I love offering free information. I think it's really important and necessary because, you know, that's part of making this all um, more accessible. And so um, I have a few free guides. The Crafting Movement Patterns um, mini course, it's an, it's a free course and it's, it comes out in like three email sequence, like series uh, throughout over the course of three days. Basically, you get three different emails and there's a video included um, and some worksheets to consider your movement patterns. And it's basically breaking down, you know, what a compensation pattern is and how we compensate in our bodies regularly and what, you know, it's basically helping you learn to identify those patterns so that way you can create lasting change in your body. Um, another popular freebie is uh, the Happy Healthy Hands the Creative's Guide to Happy Healthy Hands. And that one offers a few tips for taking care of your hands because, you know, as makers, it's uh, no surprise that our hands are under a lot of pressure from working meticulously on repetitive tasks. So I've created a, a little mini guide that offers you, you know, three tips to taking care of your hands in the studio. And yeah, then there's, there's um, a few others. I, I think there's one, there is, there's one specifically for jewelers. Um, and that talks about bench height, posture, and offers like a massage tip. Um, but that's a really great one as well. So yeah, there's uh, that, the podcast offer, uh, the Wellness for Makers podcast also offers a lot of free information. And what's nice about that is I'm able to interview a lot of really um, amazing people who I respect that are able to offer, you know, an, another perspective um, about health and wellness and movement, not only in terms of movement, massage, stretching, things like that, but also in terms of, um, you know, what materials we're using in the studio, how they're affecting our bodies physically, um, you know, lack of ventilation, all of those other things that cover wellness in a bigger picture, like a, you know, um, those are some things that people really were interested in when I started creating wellness for makers and, you know, I, that, that's not my background. So interviewing people who that is their background, it's, uh, it creates a much stronger resource. So those are all free. Um, that's all free information that you can, you know, get at the click of a button. <laughs> That's great. Those all sound like such wonderful resources, and you're so generous to be sharing them the way you do. And besides those, if people want to go a little bit deeper, you offer a series of courses specific to different makers. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about that. And also, um, Missy, I just want to share with everybody that Missy, through the COVID, um, the COVID crisis, she is offering scholarships to makers and artisans to um, qualify for some of her courses, which are already really reasonably priced to begin with. But um, I wanted I want you to share a little bit about that with us. I have specialized courses that are geared towards specific type of make, types of makers. So I do have the uh, jewelers uh, webinar, which is called Precious Movements, and it's a wellness webinar specifically for jewelers. And in that course, um, it's more lecture based, uh, but it provides a PDF with information, um, you know, and then different types of movements and walks you through those types of um, uh, exercises that you can do. 
And then there's all, uh, there's a lot of information about what we should or shouldn't be doing in the studio. So I kind of walk you through, um, in, you know, positions that we find a lot in the jeweler's studio and how to avoid them. I explain what's happening when you're in those positions and the uh, risks that you're taking by making your body more vulnerable in those positions. So then I offer you, you know, tips and tricks and techniques to do to um, set yourself up for success um, rather than injury. Uh, And then you know, I also have other courses specifically for potters. And then there's also hands of a maker. So those are great for any type of maker who is just interested in dealing with the pain, aches and pains in their hands, wrists and forearms. Um, additionally, I am now offering virtual live workshops that are all movement-based. And those have been happening. I did one specifically on the neck and shoulders. And not just like, we're going to stretch our neck and shoulders. Like, I want you to understand how to strengthen your neck and shoulders because chances are your neck and shoulders are already overstretched from hanging forward. When your head juts forward for long periods of time, the back of your neck becomes overstretched and it is in a lengthened position for long periods of time, holding up a lot of weight from your head. So um, I bring that information into the virtual workshop and explain it. And then we move through different exercises together to, um, you know, learn how to strengthen, build more mobility in our shoulders and, uh, you know, bring those uh, exercises back to the studio. The nice thing about the virtual workshops is that it's live. There's a question and answer at the end. It's all recorded. And then we send it out, um, you know, later on that, that evening. So if you did miss it, uh, you can get, you know, but you signed up ahead of time, you could still get access to that um, information. The next one I'm going to be doing is um, everyone's been at, everyone that took the neck and shoulder strength one, I'm going to do another neck and shoulder strength one um, with a different sequence, but uh, I'm planning for the next one to be about hips because that's what a lot of people have asked about hips and low back pain. And I think it's really important, especially right now, because so many of us are sitting for a lot longer periods of time. Um, The hips are really getting tight. So it'll be uh, really important to understand that and then how to bring that into the studio. So it's not just like doing a regular yoga class. It's like, you know, we're moving, but we're understanding how these movements can help us in the studio and where we're experiencing those pains and you know, it just creates, it helps you create a stronger understanding of your studio practice and helps you create an understanding, uh, a deeper understanding of movement. And it's these like, I want, you know, my students to have these little aha moments in class where they feel something in their bodies kinesthetically. So that way they can understand it and then apply it in their studio practices later. So the virtual workshops have been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so there's those as well. And then I think you asked about scholarships. So because of everything happening with COVID-19, I really, you know, was trying to figure out a way that I could serve during this time and help um, the community of makers. So I have offered a variety of scholarships. 
And, you know, I'm going to keep doing them uh, as the time goes on. But um, I'm offering a different scholarship every month, and we're focusing in on the different, um, you know, the different workshops for each month. So uh, the first round of applications is for the Precious Movements webinar. The second round of applications is for the Potter's webinar. The third is for the hands of a maker. And if, you know, everything, you know, continues going for the length of time, it seems like it might go on for, for I will continue to do, um, you know, uh, the, the scholarships. So um, just to help people out during this time and, and hopefully, you know, inspire them to, you know, create a lasting practice. So it's just the, the scholarship allows them entry to one of those workshops, um, one of those webinars. That's just so fantastic and, and so exciting. I'm sure that a lot of my listeners who are makers would really be interested in that. And as a matter of fact, Missy and I are teaming up to give away one of her scholarships for the next Precious Movements webinar course that she's going to be releasing, I believe, uh, June 15th. And anybody interested, please see the link in my Instagram feed or visit jewelrynavigator.com. You can also reach out to Missy to find out more information and we'll get you on the list to um, qualify for that free scholarship for her next Precious Movements jewelry class. Yes, and that's sponsored by this podcast, so thank you. Um, it'll be a really um, wonderful way to, you know, um, offer you guys more information. So please do apply. Uh, you know, I can share that link with you as well. Okay, perfect. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? I know you also carry a line of um, specialized tools besides the information that you share. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Like I talked about earlier on um, with my background being in massage therapy, I have always tried to make massage more accessible to artists everywhere as well, because I know how hard it can be to get to a spa or like regularly or be able to afford going to a spa. So, and especially now with everything going on where we're like locked in, I think the last thing we want to do um, is go hang out with a stranger, uh, you know, and get a <laughs> massage, even though, I mean, it sounds like lovely and also terrifying all at once, but um, you know, I, I have massage tools that I recommend that are on my website that you can buy off of Wellness for Makers, but they are all tools that I believe in, use in my practice, and I know won't do harm to the body because there are a lot of um, massage tools out there that are too hard and they can actually cause damage to your connective tissue. So we try to, um, you know, I source tools that are going to do you good that are going to benefit you in the long run. So um, there's the wrist roller is a very common tool and it's a multi-use tool. It says wrist roller, which you might think can only be used on your wrists and forearms, but you can actually use it on your hands, your wrists, your forearms, your feet. Um, if you don't have a table nearby, you can roll it onto your, the top of your thigh and, you know, use it like that. But it's basically a mini foam roller for anyone who's familiar with foam rolling. 
and it's it feels really incredible works out all those knots in your forearms um, and then there's other tools as well on the website for you know all areas of your body but since hands are so commonly in pain um, I do have quite a few for the hands but then there's the the travel kit which has a little soft foam ball that you can massage your hands out with and the acupressure ring which is a nice gentle massage it feels a little bit weird when you first start rubbing it up and down your fingers um but what's nice is always seeing you know um people's faces when they're done massaging their hand with the acupressure ring because they're always really skeptical at first and then when they're done they're like, oh, I do definitely feel a big difference after using that. It is fun to play with, and my hands do feel more awake. So um, that is a very gentle massage, but it's, uh, it stimulates the acupressure points in your fingers, and it's nice for people that already have arthritis, people who don't want to get arthritis or carpal tunnel. Um, it's a nice way to increase blood flow and circulation to the joints in the hands and wrists. So definitely check those out. And if anyone ever has any questions, I'm always happy to answer them. Um, you, you know, Instagram, you get directly to me. Um, if you email, you, you'll either get me or my assistant. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll get to me eventually. So okay. definitely feel free to reach out. Okay, perfect. That's great. And you can find uh, Missy at wellnessformakers.com as well as on Instagram at wellnessformakers. Reach out and learn a little bit more. Her website is beautiful, by the way, and her podcast is fantastic. So um, be sure to check those out and subscribe to her podcast and um, take a look at her website. Like I said, her shop and the massage tools are fabulous. So um, thank you so much, Missy, for joining me today and sharing your story and what you do to help makers and artisans everywhere um, make their lives better. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and taking the time to, you know, learn more about wellness for makers and believe in, you know, the mission. So thank you. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed Missy's story and learning about how she makes artisans and artists and makers their lives and their movements so much better. And um, I really love her giving spirit, especially in this time of um, so much uncertainty. And I, I love how she's sharing her resources and her knowledge with with everybody anybody who can benefit from it so be sure you check out her website like I was mentioning and I want to mention one other thing hey I wanted to share something with you that I decided to give a try it's a patreon page for jewelry navigator Keeping Jewelry Navigator going as a podcast has been a blast. So much fun and so rewarding. But on the back end, there are some expenses that I need to take care of to keep it running. And in order to do that, I'm reaching out to partner with listeners, fans, designers, whoever is out there who wants to be a little bit of a part of Jewelry Navigator or even just wants to help me 
keep the runway lights on, so to say. So through Patreon, I decided to open an opportunity to partner with anyone who wants to come along and join what I'm calling my ground crew. The ground crews at an airport are everybody who makes sure things happen behind the scenes so that the flight goes smoothly. They're the ones with the guide sticks, the lights. I always wanted to do that. That looks like so much fun. And they make sure that the airplane has enough fuel, those kind of things. So you're part of a really important part of the crew that helps Jill Renavigate her. And what that will get for you is you'll get to see behind the scenes of how I make Jill Renavigate her. Sometimes things don't go so smoothly, but I've learned a lot and I'm happy to share some insider tips on what goes into the making of a podcast and how I prepare for Jewelry Navigator. And even I would welcome insight and suggestions on future shows. So I'd love to have you along. It's $5 a month to join the ground crew and that will go towards helping to pay for some of the services that I need to keep the podcast going as well as upgrading equipment. So for more details about how to join my Patreon page and the ground crew, make sure you subscribe to Jewelry Navigator Passport. I'll have a new edition coming out explaining my Patreon page and ground crew. And thank you so much for considering and hopefully partnering with me. Thanks so much for joining me as always on Jewelry Navigator Podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. I truly appreciate you tuning in. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Jewelry Navigator Podcast so you won't miss an episode. And I have some interesting content in the coming weeks. I may be taking next week off. I'm not sure yet, but I may surprise you. Who knows? Um, for exclusive content, be sure that you subscribe to Jewelry Navigator Passport. It's a way to keep up with newer new um, features and things that are coming out one of which of course is jewelry navigator ground crew what i just mentioned and you get special behind the scenes look into the podcast thank you so much for tuning in i so appreciate you don't forget cross check your sparkle talk to you next time thanks a lot bye bye